Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey there, welcome back to the She Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome for the very first time. I am so glad that you have joined me. Um, I wanted to keep this episode kind of short, but I get a lot of questions from readers and listeners, probably a lot like you, and um, there's a lot of questions surrounding building relationships and building friendships, especially in um, new seasons of seasons of life or in new places or um, trying to find like-minded friends. You know, I think when you work in a certain industry or you have a certain set of values or beliefs, it can be hard to really lean into finding and building and even rebuilding and cultivating friendships and connections and, um, you know, life-giving friendships, not just random acquaintances. And it's something that I have become a lot more, um, I think, invested in in this season of my life and also something that I wanted to speak into because Matt and I will often joke when we're with friends of ours or just people that we know whenever we're talking about networking or building friendships. And when we first started dating, we noticed this, that he is the kind of person we're very different in how we approach friendships or how we approach relationships and even how we view them when it comes to friendships and networking. He's the kind of person who views relationships through the lens of pretty much everyone is an acquaintance until they've earned my trust and then they become a friend. And I'm more of the flip side where I'm like, everybody's a friend until they ruin my trust and then they're an enemy. (laughs) Maybe not an enemy, but definitely not maybe in my friend circles. So when we first met, you know, I had such a wide range of people that I referred to as friends, even if, you know, they were really in his mind acquaintances. He's like, Jay, that's somebody like, we don't have to invite that person to our wedding. You've talked to them twice. I'm like, yeah, but like they were so nice at the library, you know? And um, so we just do relationships a little bit differently. We approach them differently. And I think he has helped me be a little bit more cautious or a little bit more, um, yeah, cautious, not untrusting or not bitter, but just a little bit more aware. And that helps me not be burned or, you know, assume everybody's my best friend when they definitely don't view it that way. And on the flip side, I have helped him, you know, loosen up a little bit and kind of give people a chance before, you know, they don't have to be in his tight knit circle of friends to still be a friend. You can have, I think like rings of friendships. So anyways, I know that building relationships is hard. I get messages all the time from readers who say things like, how do I, you know, make friends without coming off as desperate? 
desperate. Or I recently had a message on Instagram um, from a gal and she basically was like, hey, I'm about to turn 30. I'm married, but all of my friends who aren't married are like 23. And all of my friends who are married have three toddlers. Like what? This is the weirdest thing. Like, how do I find, I don't, I'm having a hard time finding couples friends or, or friends in my season that kind of get me. And, you know, to be honest, like that's kind of life. I mean, I so related with that. I've been married about three years now. And a lot of my friends who've been married for a few years or five or six years, they've got kiddos. And I also have a lot of friends who are peers, like, you know, but maybe not married or that I went to college with, but just kind of casually dating someone. Um, so there are these different seasons. And sometimes I'm like, I feel like I'm on an island. Like I'm in this season where I'm building a brand and I have a house and I'm married for several years, but not quite to the motherhood stage. But yet I understand my friends in that stage because they're also married. And on the flip side, you know, I also have a lot of friends who are not even close to that season. And so, you know, it's kind of whenever you feel like you're in, in an in-between season or when you're kind of almost, you know, in a new season, but not quite there. Maybe you're engaged and all your other friends are either three years married or not even dating, right? It's like, what the heck? So anyways, I know it can be hard to find people in in your season. And I think what I've had to come to before I even give you a few thoughts and ideas when it comes to cultivating meaningful relationships is, or just, you know, connections that you really relate to. Um, One of the first things that I've just had to own is that there's actually a blessing in being friends with people who aren't in your season. And I understand that you do want to find people who get you, right? Like it is so refreshing when you find someone who is either, you know, in your career path or in your industry or sharing in a season of life that you're sharing in or has a very similar Enneagram type or whatever. And you're like, this person just gets me, right? Like we all want to find like our person or a friend that just understands why we do the things we do and the challenges that we face with our work and also our relationships and family like season. But the reality is that that's not always the case. And so when I was growing up, I remember my mom would often tell me that you're going to almost have like different pockets of friendships and different um, levels of depth within your friendships. I think sometimes we as women have such big hearts that we think everybody, and this is something that I've definitely experienced, um, where we think everybody that we're friendly with or that we um, have somewhat of a relationship with needs to know like our, like we need to have this deep connection with. And I do believe, I do really believe in cultivating and stewarding depth over breadth. Like I just think it's, I always think it's better to have quality over quantity, but I also think, you know, and this is something my mom instilled in me. My mom's super chill and she just has such a good approach to life. And she's like, you know, Jay, I do think, you know, it's wise to have your couple of go-to friends, even if you only see them once a year. Like she has this one friend who is kind of one of her go-tos that she only sees, you know, once every year or twice every year, you know, they do a summer girls weekend or something. Um, but they just have the full catch up there or they'll call each other once every couple months and just like, you know, totally catch up, totally deep dive. And then they go about their lives and then they come back together. And so, you know, she was like, you're going to have like different realms or different like rings of friendships. And I think it can be so hard when you, when you crave that consistent, deep community, but you're in a transitional season of life or you're in kind of one of those in-between phases and it's hard to find those things rather than being like, oh, womp, womp. I have no friends in my se- in my season that totally get me. Um, it's actually probably really healthy to start saying, but what can I create? What kind of friendship archetype or like architecture can I create? Because really building relationships is like, I kind of feel like it's like building a spider web, right? Like these are all connections to you and some are going to be super close to your heart and some are going to be a little bit wider, but all of them have a unique purpose. And so she would always tell me like, you're going to have your like if you can have you know your 
couple of closer, maybe even just one go-to friend that you really have, you know, invest in and build and just know that's your go-to or one of your go-to. Sometimes that can change seasonally. Like you might have a go-to during your college years and then you guys, maybe, maybe that's not your go-to for the rest of your life. Maybe you meet someone in your married life or your adult years that are, that's, that's kind of like your go-to now and that's okay. But her whole idea was, you know, if you have one or two go-to's, in your life that you can really pour into and cultivate rather than trying to steward all these deep, meaningful friendships with everyone. That's exhausting, right? Um, And also disheartening because not everybody wants that. If you can really zero in on finding that, um, and then you can have, she said, she calls it more like surface level friends. And that doesn't mean you don't ever talk about meaningful things with those people or that they don't have any depth to them. It just means that they might be the people that you just catch up with on a random Friday night when you're bored. Like I have some friends that I'm like, Hey, want to like come over and hang and we'll go for a jog or just like these things that may not be, or Hey, let's go, you know, um, apple picking with our husbands because we can double date, right? Like we might not be the closest of close friends. We're going to still have meaningful conversation. We're going to laugh. We're going to have a good time. They might not, not know the depths of my soul or all that I'm going through or, you know, walk alongside me and do life with me all the time. But you can have like, you're just, fun friends and kind of your deeper like family type friends, right? And those are going to come and go and ebb and flow in different seasons. And so I just want to kind of put this out there and create a realistic expectation because I know for us women, it can be so hard, especially when we can look on Instagram and we can see, oh my gosh, you know, so-and-so is so close to these women. I wish I had friendships like that, right? Or I wish I had my support group of girls. And that might be a season she's in. She might not have had that four years ago. You wouldn't know, you know, and maybe that's something that you'll have in the future or that you've had before, but you're going through one of those kind of weird seasons of like, well, I'm struggling to kind of keep cultivating meaningful relationships. So anyways, I just love the way my mom kind of laid that out. Like, Hey, you can have like your one or two deep friends and kind of like soul sister type people. And that might be for one season. And then another season, those people might be different just based off of understanding and experience and all of those things. Um, and then you can have these kind of more surface friendships and just your fun friendships, your Friday night friends that you're obviously that sounds kind of bad, but you know what I mean? Like the friends that you catch up with and you're like, Hey, let's go like grab a bite to eat and just like hang. And it's super, there's no pressure. There's no, we got to go into the depths of our soul is just like a fun, like lighthearted friendship. And there, you, we all need those. We need those people that just make us crack up, right? Those people that you can just have a good time with that are hilarious. They may not be, you know, your soul sister for life and best friend, but you just know that they up your mood or that they make you laugh or that they are always down for a good time. They are, you know, up open to an adventure or like whatever it is, you know, going for a hike or start having a bonfire or like doing fun things. Um, and going out dancing, like whatever it is. And so I think we need, if you can find someone who has both of those things, that's awesome. But just realize that not everyone's going to meet all your needs. And so sometimes you have these different um, pockets of friendship. And so anyways, she would say that to me and she would also say to me, I always give mom advice. I feel like I need to have like a whole podcast for like mom bits, but this has all been instilled in me. And I, I think in my now, as I now turn around and kind of basically mentor people through this, through this medium, I get to pass on some of these perspectives that really have shaped the way I build relationships and do life and create business and do all the things. Anyways, so another thing that was said to me, and she basically said, if you can find your one go-to girl and your guy, like you're lucky and you're blessed. And I thought that was a really good perspective too, because, you know, whether or not you're dating someone or married, I think what can happen is we can start making either having great friendships, like a total idol and like the whole shebang. And then like when we're maybe let's say you're in a relationship and you just really, I remember when Matt and I were dating, there was like a couple months where I was like, I just really feel like I need better girl friendships. And that was right around the time 
thankfully I met someone who ended up being my maid of honor and she was a roommate of mine. But, you know, I think I felt that feeling too, or when we were moving so much, like I still had my friendships from before, but I didn't feel like they were being cultivated and they weren't as, uh, you know, consistent and constant in my life. And so I felt a little bit isolated, even though I had my guy and like before, before I met him, I thought all I need is my guy. Right. And then I get into my, into marriage and like life happens. And I'm like, I just really need a girl's night. And there's no girls around cause they're all in Indiana and I'm here out here in Arizona or whatever it was. Um, and on the flip side, I think sometimes when we have so much of, you know, great time of having girl relationships or like-minded relationships, then we start to crave our guy, right? So it's kind of learning the balance of those things. And I do know for many who are in those early years of marriage or even motherhood or, you know, engagement and just feeling like a little bit isolated because maybe their friends aren't all in that same season or don't fully understand it or maybe even leave them out because they're building this relationship or assume they don't want to come. I know that can be kind of hard to balance. So it is tough. And I think that piece of wisdom of like when you can prioritize like finding your go-to gal and you're kind of your guy, that doesn't mean you have to find a guy. There's nothing wrong with not having a relationship. But I know that we sometimes, um, can make one like the glory or the idol. And I think there's actually a balance. And I think um, we won't always have friends who are 100% in our season or fully understand our relationship. But if we can be intentional about cultivating one deep, meaningful relationship and even building family, um, maybe it's not a guy, maybe it's if you have your family and you have one strong go-to friendship, like that's blessing. That's really a blessing. I think we just live in this Instagram world where we see all these groups and, you know, pictures. And it's like, do you realize most of those people in that group probably aren't super tight? Like they're all just posing for the picture, acting like they're having a great time. And you know what? They probably did have a great time, but that doesn't mean they're any more blessed than you are. If you have your family and your go-to friend or your guy or husband and your go-to friend or like one or two solid friendships. And so I just want to make sure you don't read into that too much because I know (laughs) that can really be disheartening heartening. And it's like, what is wrong with me? Like, am I broken? Do I not have enough like coolness to (laughs) coolness? I don't know if that's the word personality and like friendship to spread around that. I don't have this like awesome, these awesome weekend group pictures all the time, like this awesome support group. But I just think that perspective is really helpful. Like, you know, that my mom shared. So anyways, all that to say, wanted to just lay that as the groundwork first. But the other thing I want to share is a couple of just, I think, principles and tips for building relationships in new seasons or um, stepping into friendships and networking even like from just a career perspective too. I've been so shocked at how much community I've built through reaching out and networking and doing what I do. Um, And I think we often like separate relationships from work. And I think there needs to be somewhat of a balance, but when you find people who understand what you do, whether that's in your industry or, you know, in, in your, um, in the grad degree you're pursuing or something like that, it's really, really helpful in feeling understood and just like-mindedness and all those things. So anyways, a couple things. One, the 10 foot rule, the 10 foot rule is something that was instilled in me as a child. And I think it is incredibly wise. And basically I think I honestly think my dad just made this up, but it's really powerful. The 10 foot rule is basically that if someone is within 10 feet of you, if you're in a public space, whether that's a grocery store or an elevator or a hotel hallway or a conference room or whatever, if someone is within 10 feet of you, you acknowledge their presence with a hello and even an introduction, which is, I mean, obviously that doesn't apply if you're like in a crowd, you'd be talking to people the whole time. <laughs> but if you are, you know, passing someone in a hallway, or if you are in a in the same room working on a project with someone, or if you sit down at a coffee shop and someone's at the end of the table, you acknowledge their presence, whether or not some people are going to engage you and open up in a conversation and others might just nod and smile and, you know, go about their business. 
But if you can be the, the um, initiator, however shy or not you are, and just make that a rule in your life and a discipline to say, I'm going to live by the 10 foot rule, which means that my eyes are up and my phone is down when I am in the midst of other people. That doesn't mean you can't work on your laptop. That doesn't mean you can't check something. It's just having a social awareness. I think this is one big issue because I think there are so many opportunities everywhere to step into relationship, to build a connection, to make some sort of connection, but we don't because we're terrified. It's like this weird generational issue. And it honestly, I think is killing us. And, you know, I I talk with women all the time and they're like, how the heck do I make friends? Like I've been going to these workout classes and I've been doing this and I've been doing that. And, you know, I, I try to get involved, but then I still walk away not having made any connection. And so, you know, again, I think one is initiating from a place of just if you're within 10 feet of me, whether it's the yoga mat next to me or the end of the coffee table or, you know, whatever, um, you get to initiate that conversation. And I think if you first initiate by saying like, Hey, I'm Jay, how are you? What's your name? You know, um, just showing that you acknowledge their presence. I mean, this was something that happened to me not too long ago. Well, several months ago now, almost a year ago. Um, but I was at a gym and there was a woman who was just crushing it at her hit workouts. And I was like, this chick is a machine. Um, and I totally didn't relate to her. Like for weeks, I was just like, I don't know how you do Navy SEAL level workouts. I don't understand. And, um, but at one point I was crossing the area that she was working out in to get a mat for, to, for, to stretch because I was not about to do a hit workout. She was, but I was using the mat to stretch. It's fine. Um, and, but I was within, within 10 feet of her. And so my like natural, I guess with what I've been trained to do since I was a child, um, my natural like response was to say hello because we made eye contact. She was within 10 feet of me. I mean, obviously if someone's like not making eye contact and they have their back to you, this rule doesn't apply. You don't like run up to them, tap them on the shoulder, like, hi, <laughs> but if you're within 10 feet and you make eye contact, you know, it's like you say hello. That's just like general courtesy. That's just like pure manners. Right. And so I did. And that led to this conversation where suddenly she's inviting me to come do a hit workout with her the next day. And I was terrified, but I did it and it ended up creating this amazing friendship and all the assumptions I had of her were completely wrong. And we, the rest of the year, like the rest of the season that summer, we would like go run together in the park or we would do workouts together. Or we'd like encourage each other when we'd see each other at the gym. And we just had this little bit of a friendship and we'd realized we only lived like six minutes from each other. So, you know, you just never know. Like I totally didn't think I'd have anything in common with her. I thought she was crazy for doing these intense workouts every single morning at 5am. Um, but it turns out we actually had a lot in common. We shared beliefs. We shared even some common dreams and just the love of going for a jog. And so anyways, it was really neat to just see how that like, that's just one example of when it's led to really amazing things to just live by the 10 foot rule. So I want to encourage you in that to first initiate and kind of live by the 10 foot rule in a, in a social setting. First, it requires getting involved, whether that's going to a gym or going to a workout class or going to a small group or attending a Bible study or going to a cooking class or whatever the thing is in your town that you might be able to find some like-minded people or a networking event or whatever, go and then be the initiator. A big thank you to Grove for sponsoring this episode. Did you know those all-purpose cleaners your mom used to use are full of harmful chemicals that have been linked to everything from respiratory problems to cancer? You don't need toxins to have a clean home. Not with Grove Collaborative. Grove is the online marketplace that delivers all natural home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. Plus, Grove takes the guesswork out of going green. Every Grove.co product is guaranteed to be good for you, your family, your home, and the planet so you can save time reading confusing labels. I personally love using Grove products in our home to clean my counters and clean my bathrooms and everything else. 
With Grove, you don't have to shop multiple stores or search endlessly online to get all the natural goods you need for you and your family. Join over half a million families who trust Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. Plus, shipping is fast and free on your first order. For a limited time, when my listeners go to grove.co slash she and place an order of $20 or more, you'll get a free five-piece cleaning set from Mrs. Myers and Grove, a $30 value. Just go to grove.co slash she to get this exclusive offer. Again, that's grove.co slash she to get this offer. Sorry to interrupt this episode, but I just want to tell you about a really cool resource Matt and I recently discovered, especially as recent homeowners, called Modsy. Now think about your home for a sec. Now try to imagine it looking way better. It's hard, right? It's impossible for about 99% of the population to really imagine their way into a better looking space. That's why we need Modsy. (laughs) Matt and I recently bought an old farmhouse last year and we have spent the last several months thinking through what we want to do with a guest bedroom or how we want to build out a master closet or all these other projects, but it's so hard to visualize what everything would look like in that space. But Modsy is the revolutionary online interior home design service that starts at just $69. That's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the cost of hiring an interior designer. And it's so much easier and honestly way cooler. Here's how it works. You just take a few photos and measurements of your space, furniture, and all of that. Then you take their style quiz and the Modsy designers create two custom design plans for you. Modsy's groundbreaking 3D technology lets you see different layouts and actually tour your virtual space before you ever make a single change. With their price matching guarantee and exclusive savings, you can shop all the beautiful furniture in your Modsy designs at once from one easy checkout. So you don't have to try to go find it at all the stores and all the places, it's all there for you. And you get unlimited revisions too. Modsy guarantees that you land on a design you love or you get your money back. So as Matt and I are now designing and really thinking through these new home projects we want to be doing, we are using Modsy and it is the coolest and I can't wait to give you an opportunity to try it out for yourself. This month only, when my listeners go to modsy.com, start a design project and use the code SHE, S-H-E, you will get 20% off. That's 20% off for my listeners at modsy.com with the code SHE. M-O-G-S-Y dot com with the code SHE. Go check it out. The second thing is once you've initiated, right? Like you've been like, hi, I'm so-and-so. What's your name? Okay, don't be a weirdo about it, but you know what I mean. Um, so you make this general connection if, if they're within 10 feet of you and you know you make eye contact, but then what? Like that's, I think, where so many people fall off. They're like, I said hi and they didn't ask me anything and it just didn't go anywhere. So now what? So the second thing I think that's really key in this is to actually ask a conversational question, not just like, do you like it here? <laughs> not a yes or no question, but actually something that um, allows them to talk about themselves and to kind of explain or tell a story, right? When you ask a conversational question that doesn't allow really for a one word answer or a yes or no answer, um, that actually can like, if you can use a little bit of that to get yourself started in a conversation, you can then ad lib from there. So for example, if you, let's say you're in this workout class, let's say you're in a spin class and you're walking past the locker room or you're in the locker room area and someone's right next to you and you happen to make eye contact or you're just standing right next to each other and you say something to introduce yourself, you ask them, you know, their name or whatever, you've made this initial connection. 
if, if you can step into like, Hey, how long have you been coming here? Have you been doing this long? And if they say, I haven't been doing it long then say it, me neither. I'm actually kind of nervous, you know, and, and actually maybe say the last place I went and start a story. The last place I went for this kind of class did this. And so I'm curious if they'll do this here too. And, you know, kind of start kind of gathering, um, or not gathering, sharing from some experience that you've had if they don't really have too much of an answer. But if you can say something like, um, what's your experience like with spin? that's going to give them like, they might say, Oh my gosh, I have no experience at all. And you go, me neither. I'm glad we'll look dumb together. Want to sit next to me? Right. Immediately. There's this element of relatability, or they might say, I've been doing this for five years. And then you can admit and say, this is one of the first time I've done it. Can you give me a few pointers? Or like, do you have any advice? I'm kind of nervous. Or you could say, really, that's so cool. How'd you get started? Now you've just asked for a second story question where now they're going back. Oh, I started in college when I was super stressed out about blah or when I overcame this illness with blah and I I wanted to get active again. Oh my gosh, what was your illness? Right now, suddenly you've created this story pattern where they have, you're asking about them in relation to what you're doing, right? Have you ever taken a cooking class before? Yes. No. Okay. No. What made you decide you wanted to do it? If they say no, or if they say yes, oh really, what's your experience with cooking? Like what makes you, what is this a passion of yours? What makes you interested in it? So when you're asking things like, why did you choose to do this? Or how did you get started with it? Or what's your experience like? And what makes you choose to come to this, right? Tell me more of your story that engages. And once you get two or three questions in, you're probably going to find some sort of element or angle of what they're saying that you can relate to. It might be in a totally different context. Maybe it has nothing to do with spin, but it could have everything to do with jogging or swimming. And you could go, oh my gosh, I remember when I first started spinning, it was for a very similar reason. I was coming out of a breakup season or whatever. And so you can actually steward a story-like conversation by first investing interest in them in the context of the activity or the, or the current context of what you're doing, right? Whether that's cooking or workouts or small group or whatever the the medium or the the context of the situation in which you find yourself in with people when you start getting to the root of why is this person even here what makes them come to this every day what's going on in their life that drives them to show up for the gym or small group or what's their story behind this like nobody just you know maybe they're just looking for friends too and that's a great opportunity for you to say hey cool me too i just moved here too want to get coffee sometime right it's just having that willingness to dig deeper and understand that no one just shows up to a workout class for zero reason they don't just like poof there right no one does that they might have come and not even really understood why they came and that can even lead to a conversation and you know talk about okay I've done that too. Like I just felt like I needed to get out of my apartment because, because there's always a because, right? Because I've been super stressed out because I've been cooped up all day because my friend told me about this and she raves about it. Oh, tell me more about your friend. How'd you, does she live here? You know, it, there's always just this extra layer and you just peel. It's like, it's like the, you know how Shrek says, Ogres are like layers or ogres are like onions. Onions have layers. This is how a conversation works. This is how building a relationship works. People, you got to think of people as ogres. Okay. They all have layers. And if you can start at the top layer of top layers, we're in a yoga class or we're in a spin class. What's the next layer? Well, like what brought you here? What's your experience like next layer? Well, how'd you get started? Why did you get started? Where's this come from? Oh, I have now, we're in layer four and I have a connection in layer four. So now we're going to be able to go a level deeper with deeper why behind that layer, right? I know this is super complicated and I don't know why I'm talking about onions, but I'm trying to give you a visual 
And so if you can think about getting to know someone, like kind of peeling back one little layer at a time without being intimidating, like please don't just walk up to them and be like, hi, I'm Mary. Tell me your life story, right? But you're going to learn a lot about them if you can start with the top layer in the context of what you're doing and then ask why and how and what questions rather than yes or no questions to better understand what even brought them to this place and how you might even have similar journeys as to how you came to this one point now of showing up in the same small group together or showing up to the same pottery painting class or showing up to the same, you know, spin class or whatever. So I think you can actually find and build common ground by doing it that way. The third thing I want to say is to offer value first. So you've, you know, let's say you've initiated the connection. Let's say you've asked conversational questions and you've started to dig dig into these layers. What if you actually like, this person's actually kind of cool. Like she's just spinning next to me for this hour, but we've had a good like chat or we've made each other laugh or whatever, um, bonded over the fact that neither of us know how to spin. Right. And, um, you know, then what, like, how do you continue that relationship? Either say, I'll see you next week at spin. Are you coming back? Or you can actually offer value first. Maybe she went into telling you about how she's in grad school. She went back to school to get her master's in blah. And you actually have experience in blah and your, or you have a connection in that space or a resource in that space or something of value you can offer. Um, whether it has to do with that specific answer, that's just an example, but saying like, oh, hey, I should give you a resource that I have on this. Let me grab your email. I'll send it to you, right? Don't be like a weirdo and be like, hey, what's your number? Can we hang out? But <laughs> you can think through what value could I offer based off what she's told me. Maybe she says, I just went through a breakup and I just came here to blow off some steam. And maybe you can say, I'm actually having a girl's night on Friday. Would you want to come? Or if you ever want to have a girl's night and just like watch like, you know, cheesy comedies and laugh and just like have a good time, like let me know. Or if, Hey, if you ever want to do a different workout class, would you be interested in that? Like, I know what it's like to go through a breakup and it just sucks. And if you just need like some lighthearted fun, I'm here for it. Something like that, where you're offering some value first, rather than saying, Hey, I'm so-and-so I just moved to this city and I'm looking for friends want to hang out. First of all, no one says that because like either no one says that, even if that's ultimately what they're desiring, because it makes them, it's uncomfortable right? And if they do say it, it can put people on the defense like, ooh, it feels needy, right? Like when you come across as needy, when you come across as like they need to do something for you or like you are in need of their company, it can feel like this undue burden on them. Like they're busy. They got a lot going on. They probably want to build a relationship too, but they don't want to feel like, they probably don't want to feel like they're meeting your need, right? But if you can show up and offer to meet a need of theirs, you're going to in turn get the ideally and most likely unless they're totally mean and rude, but there's a high chance and you're actually setting yourself up to get the value that you desire, the company, the friendship, the connection, the whatever. But by first offering value by first saying, Hey, let me send you this resource or Hey, come in. Like, let's, let's go to dinner sometime. Like, let's just like have a good time. Let's have a girl's night. Like, or, you know, um, I have a friend that works in the industry and he's really good at this stuff. I'd love, I'd be happy to connect you when you can serve as a connection, a resource, um, a piece, a a person of encouragement in their life to help them through something. Maybe they opened up about their go that they're going through, but because you engaged and asked the questions or just invited them to do something fun again, you suddenly are, instead of coming across like, Hey, like want to hang out? It's that's like so general and actually can create like a, Oh, I don't really have a lot of time right now, but if you're offering value first, whether it's creating the connection, offering a resource, um, being a, you know, a, a help, whatever, 
I promise you that's going to be so much more effective. It's not to say that everyone's going to receive it. And every time you try it, people are going to be like, yeah, we're best friends now. Let's do it. But you're going to set yourself up for success in cultivating more meaningful relationships and seeing that initial connection that you made go a step further, become something, you know, more fun. It's no one just becomes best friends overnight, but you can find commonalities and you might end up building relationships like that that aren't your forever friends. And I think the last thing I want to say is take the pressure off to find like your soul sister in spin class, okay? Or in this new city. It might just be somebody to go shopping with on Saturday when you're bored and lonely or somebody to go dance with on Friday night and just have a good time and have some tacos. Like it doesn't have to be you know, your deep, you know, soul sister who's pushing you and making you better and all the things. Obviously, if it's someone who's dragging you down or influencing you to do things that you are that are against your moral code or your beliefs or that you don't want to do, then okay, that's where the line is. But if it's just like, eh, this probably isn't my forever best friend, you know, that's fine. I think we women feel like, oh my gosh, like, is she my bridesmaid? Is she my future bridesmaid? If not, I don't. And I get it. We don't want to waste our time, right? We don't want to like spend a ton of time you know, uh, like cultivating relationships that don't, that aren't healthy or that aren't helpful. But at the same time, having relationships to any degree, I think is helpful, especially in a season of transition or feeling a little lonely or just misunderstood. So long as the relationships aren't unhealthy, right? So just take the pressure off to feel like that person has to be like your possible maid of honor going forward or your forever best friend. And I think when you do take that pressure off, you're going to actually be more equipped to create a more healthy and fun and, and, um, intentional relationship anyways, because you're not looking at it like, oh my gosh, is this going to be my community? Is this going to be my best friend? Like, ah, like so weird, right? Like just chill. And, um, <laughs> I think when you can do that, it will actually make room for the relationship to thrive and to flourish in a more organic way, in a more healthy way, in a way that's more natural and easy to flow with and to follow than if you had this like internal pressure, like, oh my gosh, like, are we going to become close friends? Like, I hope she pays attention. I hope I'm not weird to her, but like, I also really need some like, you know, relationships or I also really want to hang and I don't want to come off as desperate. Like when you have that pressure on yourself, you will almost inevitably become or come across or feel desperate. But if you can say, hold on, I am a person that can bring something to the table rather than hoping that a friend or somebody I meet in yoga class or whatever will bring something to the table for me. I'm going to show up and be the one that brings something to the table. I'm going to be an initiator. I know I can add value to people's lives. I know that I can add joy and fun to people's lives. And if I could own that and I could actually approach creating connections and building relationships with that type of confidence, I won't be so wrecked when someone doesn't see that or doesn't seem to care about it because, all right, cool, I'll do it again. Like you have this framework to to move by when creating new connections and building new relationships and then you've taken this pressure off to build, I mean, some of my best community and some of the best relationships that I have that really are those deep friendships and those deeply and incredibly supportive friendships came as a surprise because I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I got to find my community. I got to find my community. Does anyone understand me? Will you be my friend? Like, let's go hang out. And you're desperate, right? Anytime that you approach relationships with that, it's going to hinder the the opportunity and the ability for those friendships to really thrive and flourish because you're almost like suffocating them with your own needs and your own fears and your own insecurities. So the best piece of advice I can really just give you is ultimately follow this framework, you know, initiate, live by the 10 second or the 10 foot rule, try to have more conversational, like dig through those layers to ask those types of questions, to show that you're invested in caring about someone, not in a weird, creepy way. You can, they can still be relatively surface level questions that can kind of lead to something more meaningful or something more, you know, that allows for more connection. And then 
offer value first. I think doing those three things all with the pro- with the mindset and the perspective of, and there's no pressure here because there's so many people to me. And if I follow this three-step framework, it's going to help me initiate that awkward like introduction time, getting to know you. Maybe we could be friends. What are we? I just see you across the room every now and then type of season, right? And type of Um, I guess, phase of the relationship. So anyways, all that to say, I know friendships are hard. (laughs) I know networking is hard. Finding like-minded people is hard. But I think having a little bit of a strategy can be super, super helpful. So those are my three tips. And at the end of the day, take the pressure off. And don't forget, people are like ogres. Ogres are like onions. Onions have layers. People have layers. So feel the layers. (laughs) I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. In a fast-paced world, Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.